Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them Eagles. We go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 171 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Man, we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, when I say a lot, I mean a lot. A lot has happened since the last time we spoke. Um, I'm glad that, you know, the, the, the drop is on Thursday. Because if I would have came in here Monday or Tuesday, I would have came in here with a, a lot of emotion, right? You know, I'm glad the game was Saturday with the Packers. You know, that gave me Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to get my mind right for Thursday. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm honestly good. I was good Saturday night, you know, but I'm at peace with it now. This was not, like, I'll tell you guys, on a scale of 1 to the 2015 NFC title game, this was like a 4 Maybe a five. More so disappointment than hurt. Did not hurt as much as last year. I'll tell you what. On the grand scheme of things, I was more hurt about losing in the fantasy football playoffs this, uh, in 2021 than I was about this playoff loss. So that tells you how I felt about that. But I have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, NFC Divisional Round Weekend. I mean, dog, that was probably the best Divisional Round Weekend ever. I mean, ever. What a drastic change from what we saw last weekend in wild mid-weekend, mid-card weekend. Like, that was awful. Um, when we're talking Aaron Rodgers, overtime rules, championship weekend, got some boxing to talk about, and some WWE to talk about. So, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're listening at work right now, whether you're on the road, uh, if you're in the gym, if you're home, or, you know, by the time you listen to this, it's not even Thursday anymore. I don't care when you, when you listen to it, by the way. You can listen to it next Thursday. You can listen to it. You can listen to it yesterday before I even recorded it. It don't matter as long as you listen to it, man. You do not have to listen to it. You're not required to listen to it the day it drops. And after it drops, like, oh, man, I missed the episode. No, go back and listen. You can go back and listen to last week's episode. You can go back and listen to an episode I dropped in January of 2019. I don't care. Go listen. That's all that matters, man. As long as you guys are listening to the content, I'm going to keep putting it out. So let's get things started, man. Now, the title of today's episode is New World Order. We are not going to be talking about Hulk Hogan, Razor Ramon, or Kevin Nash. And we're also not going to be talking about the Illuminati's plan to take over the world. Because that's already happening. Huh? What? No, I, no, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. No, I don't want them to come get me. No, no. Redact that from the record. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> but no, man, the New World Order is here in the NFL, and it's in the form of these young quarterbacks. I remember a couple years ago, maybe going into the 2020 season or the 2019 season. I'm not sure. I meant to go back and look for the episode, but there was an episode where I think I did like a top five or top ten under 25 or under 30 or something like that. Maybe it was under 30. And it's just like, it's crazy how it's here now. Like the future that I was talking about a couple years back, it's here now. It is here. Like, it's here and the future is bright, man. This this decade in the 2020s, we're already in 2022. But moving forward these next eight, nine years, man, this decade is going to be fun. It's going to be way different than the 2010s, you know, when we had the older guys that, you know, started off as the young guys basically ruling the league. But those days are over, man. These young guys are here. You know, the tide started to change a couple years ago, but now it's officially changed. Uh, you know, Rodgers and Brady 
going out in the divisional round. That's that should tell you everything you need to know. Not that they they played each other in an FC title game last year. Brady went on to win a Super Bowl. And they're both at home right now. They're not playing this weekend. They're not playing each other this weekend. That's what a lot of people thought it was going to be. The Bucks and the Packers again running in the back. I would have liked to see that. But that's not what we're getting this weekend. You know, Stafford is really the last OG standing. And then you got Jimmy G, a young OG at 30. But not the case in AFC. <laughs> not the case in AFC. These young boys, man, have been lighting it up all year. And then they got to the playoffs and really put on a show. I mean, really put on a show. Not not a football game. A show. Like, entertainment. Like, you can't script this stuff. You would think it was scripted the way these games played out. But, man. Patrick Mahomes is 26. Joe Burrow is 25. These two aren't the future. They are the right now. They are the right now. They are the present. They're not the future. The future is here already. The future is already here. If you, if you don't know that, you know, things will pass you by. My WWE fans know that. That was, you know, evolution. It will pass you by, man. You, you have to be in the moment right now. These young guys are here. You know, I talked about the future two years ago, like I said, on this show, but it's here now. And when you look at it in the grand scheme, a scheme of things, I, I truly believe the cream of the crop is in the AFC. And not only are the teams they're on are good, but they're good. And I think that's what separates a lot of these young quarterbacks because they go into super, super, excuse me, certain situations where they aren't given the ability to flourish right away. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll see that. I'll mention that with a couple of young guys I mentioned. But with the young guys who are established already, it's an AFC. I mean, come on. You got Lamar, former unanimous MVP, who people, people seem to forget about because of the year that the Baltimore Ravens had, the injury he had. Like, let's not forget, one, the Ravens were the number one seed at one point. In this season with all the injuries And let's not forget the battle He had against Carson Wentz And against Patrick Mahomes He beat them both He beat Patrick Mahomes This season That that happened And his numbers that night were insane But that happened Like when I was watching At least I want to say during the AFC games When he started rattling off the names Of the young quarterbacks in the NFL They didn't mention Lamar's name man they didn't mention his name. Somebody mentioned Trevor Lawrence's name. And he still got milk on his breath. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. You you you, you can't do that, man. You can you cannot mention the young guns and then act like Lamar Jackson does not exist. That's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. But you got Lamar, 25. Josh Allen, who I told you guys. MVP candidate last year. But I saw it before it happened. I saw it. I was like, oh, no, he just got a big arm, interceptions, blah, blah, blah. Bro, I told y'all, man, once he figured that out, once he once he eliminated those turnovers, it was a wrap. It's a wrap. Josh Allen is that guy. He is that guy. Seriously, he is that guy. He is exactly who I knew he was going to be. Then you got Justin Herbert, a baller at 23. A baller. A baller. You got Mac Jones at 23 going into his second year. He He's going to be something. He showed himself. He just had his rookie slump at the wrong time at the end of the year. Trevor Lawrence, 22. He'll fi- They'll figure it out in Jacksonville. And then finally, you got Zach Wilson at 22. They'll figure it out in New Jersey, not New York. The Jets do not play in New York. They play in New Jersey. They are the New Jersey Jets. And I know this young man's name is not not being mentioned in a lot of things football-related right now, and we still have not cleared up his off-the-field situation. But we cannot forget. 
Deshaun Watson is still here, ladies and gentlemen. He is. And if he gets the chance to whatever, first of all, I want him to figure out whatever the hell is going on off field. If he did it, he's nasty. If all of this goes away, the situation itself is still nasty. The allegations were made. I mean, I don't think all of these women would come out and say this, but I haven't touched that situation since it happened, and I'm going to remain on that because I have no clue what happened. We still haven't had heard any facts, nothing. So I know nothing about that. I'm not going to speak on that. I'm not going to jump to conclusions and, and convict somebody uh, publicly, for, and I don't know anything. And I'm not going to, in the same breath, I'm not going to uh, try to silence anybody who comes out. I have no clue what happened. And until I do, I'm leaving that situation alone. I've been, I've been adamant about that. But football gets back on the field. Let's not forget who he is. That's all I'm saying. Now, on the NFC side of things, the future is bright. I mean, the AFC is hot right now with the Young Bulls. I mean, like, right now in this moment today, January of 2022, the AFC, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. And... You know, they are the ones running this show, man. Pat Mahomes is playing for a chance to appear in his third straight Super Bowl. Third straight Super Bowl. What's this, his fourth straight AFC title game? With all due respect, he ran Brady out of the AFC. With all due respect. And after what I saw Sunday night, I think I'm ready to put that title on Mahomes. He may be the best quarterback in football. He might be. He might be. He might be. We'll talk about that game later on. But when we talk about, you know, different rivalries. I talked about this a couple years ago, too. Everything that everybody's talking about right now is, is, is are the same things that I discussed a couple years ago. You know, I started to talk about the AFC North with Lamar and Baker. Um, this is before Burrow got there. And, you know, I said the Ravens and Browns would be a new rivalry. I I said the Ravens and Steelers thing was over. Um, Then I started talking about Mahomes and Lamar. Mahomes and Allen. Allen and Lamar. And, you know, but now we got Lamar Burrow twice a year. We got Mahomes and Allen. I think they're scheduled to play each other regular season again. Mahomes and Lamar. Like, they're going to be around each other for a while, man. And as long as these teams are good, they're going to keep playing each other. You know, Mahomes versus Allen is 2-1 right now. Mahomes sent him home two years in a row. Allen got him good in the regular season. You know, this is a rivalry, man, when it feels like one. um, Feels like a rivalry, right? And I think that when we look back at, you know, the Brady and Manning era, you know, both, with both of them in the AFC – you know, we really didn't get to see them against the NFC guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, like that. You know, we never got a Brady and Rodgers Super Bowl. You know, Patriots Packers Super Bowl. We we almost had it. The closest thing to that was last year with Brady and Rodgers in the uh, NFC title game. But it's different, right? We we wanted to see them in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? But it's different. Now, because there's so many good quarterbacks and they're all in the same conference. So they're going to be playing each other, not only in the divisions, but when it comes to the playoffs, they're going to be fighting each other for a Super Bowl spot. That's that's what it's all about, man. That's big right there. That's big. They'll be fighting for each other for MVPs, you know, like because the numbers are going to be higher. You know, and like I said, Brady and Rodgers are the really the last of the, like, like that that era, right? That pre twenty ten era, like they're the last of that. I mean, Stafford is still here, but you know, but Stafford been in Detroit. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but we talking about dominance. We talking about best in the league every year. It's been Brady and Rogers, and they just had two insane years, two insane seasons. Both of them could be winning MVPs. Like that's how good their seasons were. I think that now, after this season, 
I don't know if Brady's going to be back. Don't know if Rodgers is going to be back. And if they are back, I don't know if their numbers are going to look like what these guys' numbers are going to look like. Understand what I'm saying? I, I, I think that the ceiling to win MVP is going to be much higher with the way these guys are playing football. Um, but, yeah, man. Then you get Allen versus Mac twice a year. You know, you can throw Zach Wilson in the mix. But all in all, man, I, I just look at the, NFC, the NFL as a whole. And it's like with guys like, you know, you got Ben Roethlisberger announcing his retirement today. It's like, man, the league is in good hands. Like, we're good. We are good. We are good. The league is in good hands. The league is in good hands. Like, when you start, like, you can look at the NBA. Like, bro, LeBron's, what, averaging 30 right now? Year year 55 for him. Like, he's still doing it. And then when he leaves, I don't think there will ever be like, they try to force it with Giannis. I don't see that, man. Giannis ain't that guy, man. They tried to force it with Zion. I just don't think there's going to be anybody else to come behind LeBron to transcend the league, transcend the, transcend the league like he did. I mean, we're going to have our – we have young superstars in the NBA, but it's not going to be like that. But in the NFL, can we can, – can, can there be another Brady? Can there be another Rodgers? Absolutely. They're already in the league. You know, the league is in good hands, man. The NFL's in good hands, man. As long as the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Pats are competing, you know, we will see these quarterbacks. And, you know, Lawrence and Wilson, like I said, they need more help before they can get in the mix. But their time is coming. You know, the level of importance, like, the, the, where this, like, where we really see this is in the numbers. And, and numbers don't lie, man. People watch. People watch these games. So the numbers for the uh, Bills and Chiefs games were pretty good for CBS. Like, they were pretty good. Um, like, beyond good. And remember when uh, people were saying they were going to boycott the NFL? Well, somebody obviously lied, man. Because people are still watching. They're always going to watch. They're, ain't nobody boycotting the league, man. The Bills and Chiefs game on Sunday night was the most watched divisional playoff game on any network in five years. The game averaged 42.7 million viewers and it peaked with 51.60, uh, 51.679, I'm excuse me, 97 million viewers on CBS. Listen, I didn't watch the Rams and honestly, I'll tell you what. Because when we wrap up the divisional weekend, I was going to tell you guys this. I was locked in, bro. Like, I didn't really pay attention to the uh, uh, the Bengals and Titans game. Uh, you know, then we I watched our game. We lost. Then I cared about the NFC divisional game. But I knew that AFC game was going to be crazy. I think I watched the second half. I think I watched a little bit of the first half. I feel like I fell asleep. Woke up and watched the second half. Glad I did that. I would have been pissed if I missed that game. That was insane, man. That was insane. What a what a game. And as far as the quarterbacks go, man, that that's just that's what you want to see from both of your quarterbacks. No quit. No fight. I mean, excuse me, no quit. Just all fight. At no point in that game did either one of them think, I'm gonna lose this game. They didn't think that. They didn't think that. At no point. They just kept balling out, man. They just kept balling out. Mahomes got one. Allen said, okay, I'm going to go get one. Allen got one back. Mahomes said, okay, I'm going to get one right back on you. That's how you're supposed to play, man. That's how you're supposed to play. No matter how many points you're down, no matter if things are going right, wrong, bro, keep balling. Keep balling and stay stay locked in. Keep that fire in you. The fire that I saw from Allen and Mahomes on Sunday night was not the same fire, not the same energy that I saw from Aaron Rodgers on Saturday night.
So let's talk about that. In all my years, I've been a Packers fan for a long time now. I never thought I would turn heel on my quarterback. Never thought that. Never thought I would ever. In my eyes, Aaron Rodgers could do no wrong. Never got mad at my quarterback like this before. Never. But Saturday night, when I let my emotions get the best of me. But at least I show with emotions. I'm like Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry I have to do this. If there are any Packers fans or Aaron Rodgers fans listening, Dom, I'm sorry I have to do this. But I got to get this stuff off my chest. Got to get this stuff off my chest, man. Got to. Got to. There was a point in the game. I don't remember what point in the game this was. But I, I feel like this the Packers still had a lead. Probably after one of the five, three and outs. But my mom had brought it to my attention. They put the camera on the bench. And Rodgers was, I don't know what coach it was, but he was in Rodgers' ear. And Rodgers just didn't look like he wanted to hear what that coach had to say. He looked dejected. It looked like he gave up already. And the game was the game was already won. All he had to do was put it in the end zone one more time. But he just looked dejected. Didn't look like he cared. I, I I'm not saying I don't I don't want to say that. It just didn't look like he cared to fight. Like he wanted to win, but he didn't want to fight. That's what it looked like to me. He had no fire, man. The fire that Brady had with the busted lip down 14, he didn't have that fire. The fire that Allen and Mahomes had when they combined for 31 points in two minutes, he didn't have that fire. The fire he had with 28 seconds on the clock, week three in San Francisco, he didn't have that fire. He did not have that fire. I don't know where it was. I don't know where it was. I I, I just didn't see it, man. He had that, that, that glassy eye, just, bro, I'm over it, look. And listen, I know. I am nowhere near an NFL quarterback, never will be. But I can tell you from experience, just being a competitive person, and I've played at, flag, at the position of flag football, at the level of flag football. That's the highest level of, court, of, of quarterback, and I've played. <laughs> but we had a playoff game. I can tell you both sides. I can, I can tell you both sides of the coin. We had a playoff. We had a playoff run. I'm gonna tell you. I got to tell you the full. If I'm gonna tell a story, I got to tell the full story. So the year started off with me, I was playing like tight end and linebacker on defense. And the quarterback play wasn't correct. We, were, we think we lost like three straight. Then we had this big meeting and I took over. Not only did I take over the quarterback, but I took over the play call and I came up with plays and we started winning games. We get a playoff berth, we go to the playoffs. So we were a wild card. We started off in wild card round and the way it was set up, all we had to do was win two games to get to the uh, championship. So, wild card round, I threw a touchdown, but I threw an interception. Right, I threw an interception. And I went to the sideline. I was frustrated. I was pissed. I had a towel on my shorts, um, you know, tucked in my shorts to wipe the ball and everything. Keep my hands uh, dry from sweat, whatever the case may be. Through that, and um, had a teammate of mine come down, call me down, talk me down off the ledge, and got my mind together. It was seven nothing. We were winning, but it it felt like at any moment we could be out of it. So halftime, I got myself together, gave my gave my guys rallied the troops. Man, called two plays, uh, called a reverse. It was a reverse to the two. We had two track guys on our team, fastest guys I ever seen in my life. Called a reverse to them. Then it was a reverse quarterback pass. I caught a touchdown pass. Crowd go crazy. After that, we ended up blowing them out through two more touchdowns. Out of the game. Next game. This team was much better than us. Their line was much better than us. They kept getting to me. I was running for my life. And I just started running. Throwing the ball away. Um, 
And when it was 14 nothing, I checked out. I checked out. I didn't care about it anymore. I said, all right, we lost. I had a horrible game. So I've been on both sides of it. But when you're Aaron Rodgers and you're not Eric Lyons playing at a Frostburg State University flag football game, you're playing for your NFL life at home at Lambeau with the elements, you don't give up, man. You don't give up. And I don't know this, man. I don't know what he's thinking, but this is how I feel about it. This is my my opinion, my uh, analysis of it outside looking in. Nothing was going his way. You know, and he did nothing to change that. He simply checked out. This is this is how I know he checked out. Here, here, here check this out. Check this out. It was a point in the game. It was third and 11. Third and 11. His potential last throw as a Packer at Lambeau was an effort ball to a double-covered Devontae Adams. An effort ball. Just threw it up. Double-covered. Alan Lazard was wide open. Wide open. He decided to try to play hero ball. Tried to play hero ball instead of getting the first down. That's what I'm talking about. And I said that early in the game. He kept trying to take these home run shots. And I think MVS not playing in that game was a big part of it. We didn't have anybody to really stretch the field. But he kept trying to take these home run shots. Like, think about the 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 the, the, uh, the throw that he threw to Jones before the half, which is great. Best throw of the game for him. But then you get down there, and you can't get down and out of that, right? He kept trying to go for a home run. Bro, you don't, you don't have to win the game like that. Don't have to win the game like that. You know. I've never been more frustrated with him before, but, man, that did not look good. And it made me look at him and his legacy different. And I'm not taking nothing away from him. You guys know I love Aaron Rodgers. He's my favorite quarterback, my, one of my favorite players ever. Um, a big reason of why I truly became, you know, the Packers fan I am today. But, man, you know, you finally get a playoff game at home. With all the elements, you know, last year it was just cold in Green Bay. But this time it was cold, cold, nighttime. It was a nighttime kickoff, and it was snowing. It doesn't get – that's the best home field advantage in the world. Against your personally – personally your biggest playoff rival, your biggest rival, period. Bigger rival than any division opponent we have. A defense that held you down. I mean, held you down. That's always been the argument over the years. Oh, you never had a defense, never had this, never had that. You had it all. And how do you respond? With five three and outs and ten points to show for it. Mm-mm. 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 You know, Rodgers may be on his way to a back-to-back uh, MVP, which will be his fourth. His fourth MVP. So that means four times in his career he's been the best player in the league. Could have been more. You can argue 2016 he could have got it. I'm not denying his personal numbers or accomplishments. I'm not. I'm not. You know, He stands in a category of his own when it comes to personal numbers, regular season numbers. But how will history look back on him if he never gets back to a Super Bowl? Because the Packers have had this three-year window, number two seed in 2019, one seed in 2020, one seed in 2021. You lose two straight NFC title games. Then the third year in a row, third year, you can't even get back to the title game. How will history look at look at Aaron Rodgers? You know, Super Bowls, I always say Super Bowls are a team accomplishment because it takes 
the entire team to get to the Super Bowl. That is true. That is very true. That is very true. But. But. And this is probably the first and last time you will ever hear this come out of my mouth. But you go back to that 23, 28-3 game. The Falcons up on the Patriots. Tom Brady puts his head down. I don't know who he was praying to. He was praying to somebody. Okay, Tom was praying to somebody. Who? I don't know who he was praying to. I don't think I prayed to the same person Tom Brady was praying to. <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, can, could, could, do you think Aaron Rodgers, in, in that situation, down 28-3, could have been a part of that comeback? Yes, the Patriots defense had to get stops. Okay. But could 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 Rodgers go out there and score the points? Lead his offense to victory. Cause last year, I mean, you know, Brady throws three picks in the second half. Packers still lose that game. You understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> and the playoff failures of the Packers have not always been on his shoulders. But I think about the title game against the Falcons. Packers limped to that game. But that game was over fast. It was over fast. You know? Game against the 49ers, no, 2019. 2019 title game. Game was over fast. He showed some fight last year, but not enough. And not facing a deficit until the fourth quarter. Actually, didn't face a deficit in the fourth quarter. It was a tie game. 49ers didn't lead until... The clocks hit zero. And you couldn't win the game? Five three and outs at home. That's unacceptable. And it just makes you think. Like, we've seen Rodgers in clutch time. We have. We have We've seen it this season. We've seen it in the playoffs. Didn't see it Saturday night. So you have to ask, what's next for Aaron Rodgers? You know, the Packers have this nasty cap situation. Don't know if they're going to be able to keep everybody they want to claim they can. But I just don't see any situation where he goes somewhere else and wins. Denver, even though they hired Nathaniel Hackett, don't see it. I don't see it. In my opinion, man, it's either Green Bay or retire. But if they trade him, if they trade him, send him to Houston so you can see what a real terrible organization looks like. Bring me massage, man. Or... Send him to Vegas. Bring me Derek Carr. We can keep Devontae. Like, I don't know, man. There's options, but emotionally, as a fan, of course, I don't want him to go. But Saturday, after what happened Saturday night, after what's happened these last three years, you know, I don't know. what. Like, I don't know, man. Does, does, does he have it in him to get us back to a Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. At his Jurassic age, right now, everybody keeps talking. <clears throat> Broncos, Broncos, Broncos. Fam, does he want to shoot it out with Mahomes twice a year for however long he plays? Does he want to shoot it out with Herbert twice a year? Mahomes not going to stop scoring. 
Herbert not going to stop converting third and longs and fourth and forevers. Like, you can even throw Derek Carr in there. Like, bro, does he really want to go out there and shoot it out with them? Or does he want to stay in the NFC North where he knows I can win win this division easily and get to the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But Packers fans, Packers Nation, you know, people in Wisconsin, it's time to face the music, man. This might be it. But like I said, man, his last throws of Packer at Lambeau could have been the worst ball ever. And just a testament to, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's a, it's a sad thing to see, but um, yeah, man, it is what it is. It is what it is. So let's move on to the divisional round wrap up, and let's talk about that game itself, the Packers and Forty ers Like I said, it was the best divisional round ever. Um, each game decided late. I mean. What a game, you know, what a what a weekend, man, because we, we talked about how bad wildcard weekend was, and I think the NFL heard us. I think the teams that participated in the wildcard weekend heard us, and they delivered, man. These games delivered. These were some of the best games ever. I didn't watch the Rams and Bucks game, though, so I can't tell you that personally. I did see the highlights, though. <laughs> But I, I did watch the Packers 49ers game. Uh, the 49ers won 13-10. Listen, the Packers had no business losing that game, man. They didn't. They were the better team. And I don't like saying that, but the better team lost, man. The better team lost. You're not going to sit here and tell me that the Packers aren't better than the 49ers. They are. Better, better in all facets of the game. Just better. You know, the Packers defense played lights out. Shout-out to Rashawn Gary and Adrian Amos for showing up to work. Thank you. Um, You know, there were missed opportunities like a pick six from rookie Eric Stokes. He addressed that, and um, I wasn't mad at it. The way he played it, it it, it felt like it would have been a gamble if he tried, and if he tried – and didn't get it, it probably was going to be a touchdown. Then we'd be having a different conversation. So, he played it smart. Rodgers did not play good. Um, you know, the play calling was questionable. Um, you know, LaFleur wasted a lot of time in the third quarter, man. A lot of time in the third quarter. Um All I can tell you, man, special teams matters. Special teams doesn't matter un- until it does. That's the biggest takeaway from this weekend. But the Packers special teams has been bad all year. This is not a surprise. This was not a surprise. This was not new to anyone who has been watching the Packers all year. We all knew this. They still won 13 games. Still had the number one seed. Offense was winning games. Defense was in the games. Two out of the three phases worked. They won. They were winning. They should have won Saturday. So I'm not putting this loss on the special teams. I'm not. I'm not. Was it a part of it? Absolutely. But we knew this already. We knew this could happen. So that means you have to play twice as good as you usually would. You have to be better than yourselves. Twice as better as yourselves to cover up for the disaster that is the Packers special teams. The defense did it. They showed up to work. Offense didn't. And the three biggest plays of the game, the block field goal before the half, because that would have put them up 10-0, two-possession game. Debo's kick return that got the uh, 49ers start good field position. And then, of course, a blocked punt that turned into the touchdown. And let me tell you something about that punter. I like Bojorquez. I thought he was good this season. After Detroit, I thought he was good. But if he spent a little less time back there wiggling his ass, 
before he punted the ball and a little more time on a quicker release, the Packers will probably be playing this weekend. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Man, the 49ers offense was dormant. I mean, they had good plays. There's a couple big plays, like that weird-ass catch that converted a third, big third down that Kittle caught. But other than that, Jimmy G was under the rest. There were two turnovers that should have been turnovers for the Packers. Um, should have been more Jimmy G interceptions. 49ers defense showed up, per usual. They were after Rodgers. They shut a lot of things down for the Packers offense. They showed up. 49ers defense came to play. They couldn't even run the ball on offense. A lot of injuries for the 49ers. Jimmy G's soldiers out there dying. And he just there looking pretty. But congratulations to the 49ers. Good luck this weekend. Then you got... Tom Brady, man, showing grit with a busted lip. He fought back. I gained a new respect for Brady, man. Definitely gained a new respect for Brady. Um, Stafford did his thing, showed a lot of guts. And then, man, Mike Evans. I I didn't know Mike did that to Ramsey like that. I mean, I mean, treated him. Like, like you know when you take your girl out, it's a treat. Not that type of treat. Like, treated him. Like, disrespected him. Like, wow. Did not know that was going to happen. Um, but Evan McPherson, rookie, rookie kicker for the Bengals. Matt Gay and Robbie Gold, they all clutched up. All clutched up. Kickers, special teams matters. They do. Um, I can say, man, King Henry was not ready to be back. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Um, and something that we all knew already, Tannehill was not that guy. He's not. Far from it, actually. Um, Josh Allen is him. I don't I don't know if anybody was still confused about that. He is that guy. He is that guy. Josh Allen is that guy. All right? Don't get it twisted. But Patrick Mahomes is now the best quarterback in football. I'm convinced. And the Bills versus Chiefs game was the best time I've watched in a long time. Now, everybody has forgotten what happened in regulation. And the, the, the focus shifted to overtime. We do this every year. We do this song and dance every year. So let's do it again. Why not? I don't mind having a conversation again. Overtime rules. And the crazy thing is, it's always because the team that the majority, like a lot of people wanted the Bills to win. If the Bills would have won it over time, I don't think anybody would have cared outside of Kansas City. But we have the same conversation every year, especially in the playoffs. You know, the last time we had this conversation was when the Saints and Rams went to OT. Speaking of Saints, think about the Minneapolis miracle. The Minneapolis miracle isn't a miracle if you get the Saints a chance to get the ball after the, the, the Vikings score. That doesn't exist. So, you, you can't talk about overtime and, and when, you, when you have enjoyed it, right? But, like I was saying, Last time we talked about this was when Saints and Rams went to overtime. You know, we got the controversial, no no call, blah, 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 so you go to overtime. Drew Brees got the ball first. A lot of quarterbacks would have loved to get the ball first in that situation. What did Drew Brees do? He threw a duck. Rams won the game. Drew Brees got the ball first in overtime. He squandered that opportunity. Nobody asked for Drew Brees to get the ball back. I mean, come on. So I say it every time. The overtime rules were changed enough. They were changed enough. You go from sudden death to if you don't win the coin toss and they go kick a field goal, the game's over, to all right, they go kick a field goal, you get the ball back. You can kick a field goal, now we're in sudden death. 
So everyone feels bad for Josh Allen, and I get it. I get it. I really do. I'm a Packers fan. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. I understand. I've seen it happen many times before. The worst thing I've ever seen was the Hail Mary. McCarthy's fat ass didn't want to go for two. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Big Mike didn't want to go for two. They kicked the extra point. It takes Larry Fitzgerald like two minutes to get to the end zone. Cardinals winning overtime. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get a chance to get the ball because his defense failed him. So, he was a victim of the old overtime rule. So, I can't feel too bad for Josh Allen and the Bills. I can't. I can't. Especially when you give up a field goal with 13 seconds on the clock. That is, if there was a word that could trump unacceptable, I would use it right now. But unacceptable is where I will stick. That was just unacceptable. I thought the game was over. Why did I think that? I don't know. But I was, Josh Allinger jersey was in my cart. Like, I was ready for the Super Bowl because I'm like, they're not going to lose to the Bengals. I was right about that. They lost to the Chiefs. Like, (laughs) what? I don't know what the coordinator was over there thinking. I don't know how they allowed that. I don't care if Jesus himself was quarterbacking for the Chiefs. There's no way in heaven, earth, or hell do you allow that to happen. And then everybody was like, oh, the game was decided by a coin flip. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. I hate that. I hate that narrative. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Because how did we get to overtime? How did we get to overtime? There was a defense that gave up two straight scoring drives that resulted in their quarterback not getting back on the field and them losing the games. I'm not blaming no guy, no no coin toss on that, man. That it's football. It's football. I blame the defense. I blame the defense. On top of that, man, look, man, honestly, these overtimes are really soft. Like, these are very friendly overtime rules compared to what it used to be. Like, bro, it's like hold them to a field goal. You get your offense back on the field. Get a turnover. Go kick a field goal, win it. Like, it's that simple. It's easier said than done, but we're not going to sit here and act like these are some barbarian rules, bro. They're fine. And no, we do not need a college. I hate college overtime. College overtime is the worst thing in the world. Nobody has time for that. This is it right here. This is pro football. Keep it where it's at, man. You feel me? You know, the Bills' defense failed Josh Allen in the offense. They failed them. The Bills screwed the Bills. So stop blaming the overtime rules for a team's inability to get a stop on defense. It is what it is. It is what it is. And you know, that's all I got to say about that. That's it. Um, where we at now? Where we at now? Let's go to Championship Sunday, man. Championship Sunday, this Sunday, live. I think it's a game at three and a game at six forty. Ha! <sighs> My Packers won't be playing in it, but some of your favorite teams won't be playing in it either. That's another thing. Look, listen. If your team didn't make the playoffs, I just don't understand how you can sit there and get jokes off, like. I don't know. It it just it. Hey, Izzy, get away from there. I'm talking to you. What are you doing? Don't bring me that bone. I don't want it. I'm recording. I play with you after. We go outside. I love you. Give me a kiss. Sorry, that's my dog, y'all. But like I was saying, that's nasty work, man. It's nasty work. Y'all know I live here in, in Baltimore. A lot of Ravens fans had a lot of things to say. 
So I changed my header to the score of the game I was at when it was 31-30 and y'all lost. Pure. Anyway, championship Sunday. It's going to be interesting. Got the Chiefs and the Bengals. Now, I was thinking about this. I remember last weekend, I mean last week when I was like, you know, I don't really want to look back at the regular season game because, you know, it's different and well, this game was played at week 17. This was this was not that long ago. Not much has changed, right? It's week 17. And I remember the Giants and Patriots played each other week 17. Patriots blew the Giants out. Giants beat them in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs and Bengals, I remember the Bengals, it was a good game. They won 34-31. Joe Burrow threw for 446 yards and four touchdowns against the Chiefs. 266 yards and three touchdowns of that went to Jamar Chase. The Bengals defense held the Chiefs offense to three points in the second half. If they can play defense for four quarters and replicate that second half, but make that all halves, both halves, and protect Joe Burrow, they will win this game. Because nobody in that secondary can stick Chase. If they double him, then you got Higgins or Board. They'll be open. Good luck with that. You got Mixon in the backfield. That's another thing. The Bills couldn't run the Bills weren't really running the ball like that. The Bengals are going to run the ball. Joe Mixon's going to get his touches. I think this is going to be another good game, though. I mean, look, on the flip side, listen, when Mahomes is your quarterback, you're always in it. You can never put them, write them out, write them off, never. Uh, I expect another close game, bro, another high-scoring game. This is going to be another good one. I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for this one. Um, We will see. I'm rolling with the Bengals. I want Joe Burr to do this thing, Joe Joe Shiesty, because, look, man, I'm 23 years old. A lot of us here are in our mid-20s or, you know, late teens. So, early 20s, mid-20s, late 20s. What? 30s? What? A lot of us here are of age, right, to remember the Patriots dynasty. I don't want to live through another dynasty. I'm already tired of the Chiefs. I am. I need to see another team get there, man. I, I, I don't want to live through another dynasty, man. Nobody enjoys the goddamn dynasty except for the fans of the team and the dynasty. I'm good on that. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't I don't need that. I don't need it. Don't need it. So I would love to see the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, especially with Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. I love what this Bengals team has done this year. Would love to see that. Let's go Joe Shiesty. And if they win, I'm getting a Joe Burrow jersey for the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that right now. And that's a fact. I will be the biggest Bengals fan on earth if they go to the Super Bowl. For one night only. Now we go to the Rams and 49ers. Now listen, Sean McVay has never beaten the 49ers. That's a problem. That's a problem. Now the Rams front is humming. I do fear for their secondary. 49ers O-line is hurt. I fear for Jimmy G's safety. Um, Now, I don't think Stafford will make the mistakes he made the last time these teams faced off. But, there's always a but. Rams have been shaky with their leads, man. They blew a lead, 17, nothing lead against the 49ers. Almost pissed that game away last week. That scares me. That's what scares me about the Rams, man. Can you guys keep a lead and and not stress your fans out? Speaking of fans, will this be a home game? Who will be the home team in this game? The 49ers or the Rams? Street saying the Rams tried to block people from outside of the area, you know, a.k.a. San Francisco 49ers fans from filling the stadium up. I don't know who's going to be the home team on Sunday. I know. I would like to see Stafford win it, you know, but I, I don't want them to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't want to see that. I don't want – I really don't. Don't want to see that. I'm good on that. I'd much rather see the Bengals win the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it would be nice, you know, Sean McVay, 
got his revenge on Brady from losing to him in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it would be nice to see Sean McVay get back to the Super Bowl. But I don't want to see him win it. I don't like Kyle Shanahan. Not a fan of him. Only people, only person I like on the 49ers is Debo. But, you know, the 49ers are banged up, man. I don't I don't know what they will have left in the tank, uh, in you know, to win this game. I, I really don't. I really don't. So, I think I'm picking the Rams. Rams and Bengals. Rams and Bengals. All right. So, last thing I want to talk about. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know. Royal Rumbles this weekend. All right. That's exciting. You know. we could. I'll just run that card down for you real quick. Um, you got Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. Roman Reigns versus... Uh, Seth Rollins for the Universal title. We got Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the Miz and Maurice. Uh, the Royal Rumble match, men and women. So it's going to be a good card. So, that's it. Now, some boxing news. All right, and then we'll get you guys out of here. So, Canelo Alvarez apparently has two deals on the table right now. That's what the word is. This story comes via Mike Cobbinger of ESPN. So, I'm going to read the article for you. Uh, every every so every time Canelo Alvarez prepares to select his opponent, the fate of the boxers in multiple weight classes hangs in his balance. Just whom and at which weight Canelo fights next is still undecided. But sources told ESPN that Alvarez has received two lucrative offers that stand uh, as his leading options. Al Heyman's PBC recently extended a one-fight offer to Alvarez for a May 7th defense of his undisputed super middleweight championship against middleweight title holder Jamal Charlo. Then the other offer comes from Eddie Hearn, who's done business with Canelo in the past. They seem to have a great relationship, by the way. This is me talking. This is not from the article. I'm just letting you know that there is a slight chance that that deal gets done, but... We did just see, you know, uh, a Showtime fight, so we'll see. Um, a two-fight deal that would pick Canelo versus light heavyweight title holder Dimitri Bivol on May 7th per sources. The second fight, a long-awaited trilogy. I don't know who the hell has been waiting for it. Uh, against Triple G on September 17th, but this time at 168, it would be for Alvarez four belts. I, I, I would, I, no. N- no, what, no. Because what the hell has Triple G done to warrant that, bro? He does not deserve another chance at the title. This would not be nothing short of a payday for him, and Canelo would just knock his old ass out. I mean, come on, bro. At, at Triple G's uh, prehistoric age, he does not need to be fighting for any goddamn titles. Understand what I'm saying? I think that the Charlo fight is the best option. That's what people want to see. Don't need to go back up to 175. Stay at 168, dominate, defender titles. ESPN's number one pound-for-pound boxer prefers to honor his native country and fight on Cinco de Mayo weekend and Mexican Mexican Independence weekend in September when possible. At the moment, Canelo Alvarez, 57-1-2, has plenty of time to decide which path he wants to pursue for those dates. The promotion for most top-level fights commences eight weeks out, which gives Alvarez at least one month to weigh these options and do whatever uh, what, uh, and whatever other offers are sure to come his way. So, um, yeah, man. So, after that, he'll have plenty to consider. He has expressed on numerous occasions how much he relishes being a promotional uh, free agent and the flexibility that brings that brings, oh yeah, for sure. Boxing's top star and uh, signed an 11 fight, 365 million deal, million deal, dollar deal with the zone in 2018. Remember when that one ended? It was a 360 deal. Um, so yeah, yeah, man. I, I think the Charlo fight makes most sense. I think it makes the most money. I don't. I really don't know who wants to see a Triple G fight besides Triple G fans. Like, come on, man. Come on. I don't want to see that, man. I don't want to see that. Don't want to see that. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good on that. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I think that's all I got for you guys this week, man. I think that's it. Let me make sure. Let me check the docket. Check my notes. Make sure we're all good here. Yeah, man. That's it. So, 
Uh, the Royal Rumble is Saturday night. I will be tapped into that. Definitely will be. I uh, requested to work Monday morning so I can be there Saturday night for that. Uh, championship Sunday. We got that going on. So it's going to be a good weekend, man. Also, if you did not know, the Miami Heat are the number one seed in the East. Okay. That, I'm just saying. Just letting you know. If, it, if you did not know, you, you do know now. All right. If you don't know, now you know. Okay. Okay. Just I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, thank you guys for tapping in, man. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you continue to listen to the episodes, man. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV. Everybody who listens. Um, I'll be back next Thursday. Um, yeah, man. Thank you guys, man. Have a great weekend. If you're getting snow this weekend, stay safe. It's cold out there. Enjoy your weekend, man. Uh, damn. And for the 171st time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.